Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you and uh, fired up to be celebrating with you again. Can you believe it? We are on week three here of uh, coming to you online and uh, just excited to see all that God's doing in this place as we continue to work together to make much of our King no matter where we're at. Ready? Everybody say, no matter where. Right? You missed the uptake. Here we go again. Everybody say, no matter where. Right, No matter where we're at, may God get all the glory. I'm telling you this last week, I learned a lesson. Never use an illustrate of how well something went the week before, right? That was the opening illustrate last week because, man, it went so great the first week. And in that second week, we ended up having uh, lots of little uh, software and internet issues that loaded up fast. I mean, it got to the point where Facebook Live went down, not that we're on that, but others crashing on that. Our software had some problems letting people in. We were able to kick most people over to Vimeo and let them begin to experience the service that way and continue to worship our great God. Here's a headline that went out, one of the places we read. It said, the church broke the internet. Amen. Praise God for that as we had tens of millions Hundreds, maybe, of people that rallied together to be able to see what God might share forth on the internet. Last week, between 9 and 11, people just getting fired up about it. And uh, praise God for it. With all of us rallying together, we broke the internet. And all of God's people said, amen, man. So this week, may there be enough servers that we don't break the internet. And all of God's people said, right? So here we go, fired up for it. We're going to be jumping into James chapter 5, starting in verse 1. And, and uh, you know, we've been walking through uh, the book of James. It's just been amazing how uh, the book of James has lined up so perfectly with what we're walking through. And, and so as we do this together, we're jumping into James 5. We're fired up to be able to see what God has to teach us today. Learning to step through temporal distractions. Those things in this world, those earthly distractions that are short-lived. Maybe it's benefits, maybe it's pains, whatever it is that can get so distracting. Lord, help us to manage the benefits Lord, help us to manage the struggles. May you get all the glory, all right? Stepping through temporal distraction. Man, I got tears running down my eyes from that worship, awesome worship time, and uh, celebrating our God and his goodness. So, how do we step through temporal distraction? Here we go, point number one. Put your time, your focus, and your energies into the eternal, not into the temporal. Put it into the eternal, not the temporal. Your time, your focus, and your energies focusing on your God and all of his eternal glory. All right. Here we go. That's the first point. Let's jump in. James chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, come now. Come now. Uh, come now, you rich. And uh, this come now is actually lined up with the exact same. If you look back to the prior paragraph at the end of chapter 4, it starts out the same way. Come now. It's a challenge there to say, think of it this way. It's not a physical call, like come stand with me. It's not that. It's saying, come stand with me, learn from me, hear from me in your mind. Think of why I'm thinking. See how I'm seeing this. Come now. Like join me in this thought process. And then it says, you rich. Come now, you rich. Now the reality is when we say that in our American culture, we're like, come now, you rich. Sounds a little rough, doesn't it? I mean, it's kind of like in-your-face sort of talk. Just so you know, in the original language and the way it would have gone down there, not quite as direct or as rough. Come now, you rich, is not exactly how it would have been heard then. It would have been, come now, 
you who are rich. Come now, rich ones. That's probably the best way to see this. It's a call to those who are considered rich. Now, we think of the word rich as meaning um, somebody who has a lot of money, somebody who's got a lot of property, somebody who's got a lot of something, and so they're rich. It's about possession. But this is so much more than that. When he calls somebody the rich ones, remember he's talking to the Jewish people. He's talking to people who were known for their wealth. And so this is very specifically saying, come now, you who celebrate riches. Come now, you who make it all about your riches and you want it to be all about what you have. It's about your possessions and your property and quite frankly, your idolatry. Come now, you who are going after this, willing to hurt someone to get it if you have to get it. You might be like, really, Tim? How do you know that? Like, are you really sure that's what it means? Hang on, we'll get there in just a few verses. It's going to show itself real clearly. So these rich people are the ones who are willing to hurt someone to take it. It's all about their possessions, and that's what they're going after. It says, come now, you who have the wrong view of possessions and people. He says, weep and howl for the, your miseries that are coming upon you. Like, know this, there's going to be pain that's coming upon you. Get ready. Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming. Some of the misery that's going to come, well, it could be in this real world right here and right now, the temporal as we talk about it. It could be that things go wrong with their wealth and they end up losing out on some things. It could be some struggles that they're going to have right here and right now. It could also be the eternal, right? They've got this wrong view of God. They've got this wrong view of the world. And as they go after just making it all about themselves, he's like, just know you're going to face your creator. You're going to face your judge. Be super careful, man. You who are making it all about your riches, man, be careful. It's so easy in a time of distraction to get wrapped up in trying to salve the wound. To get wrapped up in trying to get something for self that at least makes it a little more comfortable Maybe a little bit more safe, however you might look at it. And man, as we look at this coronavirus, all that's going on, as we look at a, a stock market that has collapsed and now it's coming back a little bit and ebbing and flowing, it's getting a lot of attention from people and, and they're starting to go after their monies and their wealth and being cautious and building up. Why? To try to build a little bit of safety and security net right here and right now and maybe a little enjoyment in the moment. And may we be careful that we don't race after the wealth and lose track of our God in the midst. Ready? And all of God's people said. I know you just missed the, clip, the uptake on that. Ready? And all of God's people said. And say it loud. Say it strong. Type it out if you need to. May we not miss out that it's about our king. It's not about the wealth and the riches that we may carry along with us. It says, your riches have rotted. And your garments, well, they're moth-eaten. He's like, just be careful. The stuff that you've got, the possessions you have, I'm just going to tell you, they're short-lived at best. And they're not going to last for long. And maybe it's some special clothing you've got. And you're like, just so you know, in two years, it's going to be out of date anyway. And beyond out of date, it's going to rot away. And uh, be careful to be celebrating the things that really are short-lived. He's like, watch out. The things that you have that you're claiming are so awesome. Well, they're temporary at best. They're super temporal. Be careful. They're going to rot away. And you're like, well, then maybe I won't count on those things that rot. You know, maybe I'm not going to look at the clothing and the stuff like that. Maybe I'll look at something that's a little more solid, you know, maybe like get after gold and silver. And, and he's got some things to say about that as well. He's like, just be careful. Your gold and your silver, well, they've corroded. And their corrosion will be evidence against you. 
and it will eat your flesh like fire. Man, James just doesn't pull a punch. He's like, let me just say it the hardest way I could possibly think of. And he's like, just so you know, the corrosion on the gold and the silver, it's actually speaking against you. It's like, this was your God. This was your idol. You chose to find safety in this. It's corroding right in front of you, man. Watch out. It's speaking against your very plan of worship. Be cautious with that. And he's like, just so you know, your flesh is going to actually be eaten up and consumed like a fire. He's like, just so you know, there's going to be a long-term plan here with God in place. And if you choose to not worship the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're missing out. If you take a stand in this world that tries to make it all about self and possessions, it's going to go wrong. And if you're listening here today, please hear me. May we not take after our possessions for our safety and our security. Ready? And all of God's people said, Amen, man. May we truly celebrate our King and all that we have in Him. May we recognize there is a high cost for taking our worship and putting it in stuff. Lord God, we're coming after you with all that we have. He says, you have laid up treasure for yourself in these last days. You have laid up treasure for yourself in these last days. Ready? Everybody say last days. Right? In these last days, you've laid up treasure. What are last days? It's those end time moments. And just so you know, after the time of Christ, after the coming of Christ, he went to the cross. He died and he rose again. Now we have hope in him from the time of the cross all the way until Christ returns again. He is coming again. We're going to see that again in this passage in just a little bit. But when Christ returns all the way up till then, man, that's the last days. And he's like, just so you know, in these last days where the king is coming, where he's establishing the truth of who he is, you're spending time packing up treasures here on earth? Dude, you're missing it. It's all about our king. That's what he's saying. Be careful that you lay up treasures in heaven, not here on earth in these last days. So uh, I just thought maybe it'd be good to make a little bit of clarity on what it means to lay up our treasures in heaven. How do we do that? So here we go. Top three ways to lay up eternal treasure. Ready? Top three ways to lay up eternal treasure. Number one, uh, daily power worship of Jesus as your Savior. Daily power worship. I mean, going after it with all you've got. Making much of you got time in the word, time in prayer, celebrating Jesus Christ for who he is. Maybe you're joining in with us in this let's cry out, this call to prayer every hour on the hour. You're joining in. You're going after your God with all we've got. Right from now all the way through April 7th, we're doing that every hour on the hour. Join us when you can, right where you're at, just stopping, praying to your God, taking time and reading through the passage there and get the guide online like we said in the announcement time. Get after it with all you've got. May God get all your praise and worship. Worship him with all you have. Celebrate him with all you've got. It's an amazing opportunity for us to lay up treasure in heaven as we come before him with this daily power worship. And the second one is first fruits giving, right? Here we are talking about wealth and riches in this passage. Be amiss to not say something about it. And man, may we go after our first fruits giving. What does that mean? It means as God who owns everything, Everybody say, he owns it all, right? Louder and bigger, he owns it all, right? Don't miss it. God owns everything. And as he then entrusts to us 
He's making us managers of some of his stuff. And we're being able to be managers. Our privilege is to be able to give a first fruits offering back to him. Thanks for giving this harvest to us. We're giving a little bit back to you. Always a first fruits giving. You might be like, man, I just want you to know I've, I've lost my job just recently or I'm not able to work right now. I'm on furlough. My hours are zero. I'm not having some money coming in. First fruits giving is about giving when God gives. So if you're in a season where right now that is stopped or that is on a diminished level, giving back a first fruits that may be a little diminished or a little bit held in time, making sense out of that to align with when God's giving to you, dude, that is exactly what he's talking about. First fruits giving, as God gives, so then you give back to him. And if God is pouring into your life right now faithfully, may you continue to give first fruits back to him, making much of him. And as you pour it in, whether given to the church here, we are making much of our king with it. Make sure you get after that first fruits giving. Our celebration is power worship on a daily basis. It's real worship as we go after taking the things that have come into our life and we're giving back first fruits to him. That's a huge eternal focus. Lord, this money is not just mine to hoard. I'm giving some of it back to you. May you get all the glory. And please hear me. Nothing wrong with our monies being used to be able to pay the bills, right? Everybody say that's a great plan <laughs> to be able to pay the bills, to be able to have a little bit of an enjoyment spent or being able to have some food delivered to the house or however you might figure out to do that, stopping by a restaurant, picking something up and being able to have a little bit of money being put aside for future, for retirement and whatever. Man, it's great to be wise to that, but being faithful in your first fruit giving, may God get all the glory and all of God's people said. It's a huge deal, power worship, first fruits giving. And then the third one, is having a benevolent heart towards others. Having a benevolent heart towards others. Being able to bring a kind and compassionate and caring, giving nature to those around you whenever you can from six feet away, right? However that works out. Being able to think through what it looks like to care for people and to be able to celebrate your God in the midst. That's what it looks like. Those are three pretty quick steps to be able to go after it. If you think about it, it's love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love the Lord, just a power worship and giving back to him and love your neighbor as you're looking for opportunities to care along the way. He then says, behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, right, check it out, right? And so this means look at it and he's like, heads up, you guys who are making it just all about your wealth. Here's something you need to be aware of. He says, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which was kept back by fraud. Okay, so here's now some of the definition of the rich guy. He's stealing. He's taking it for himself. He's making it all about himself. He doesn't care that it hurt his worker. He couldn't care less what happens to them. He wants more money in his own pocket. This is a little more definition of this rich guy that we're talking about. He's losing track of what it is to care along the way and he's hoarding along the way. He doesn't care if he's stolen in it. He's like, just know this, that the riches, the wages of those are crying out against you. As you're getting more wealthy and the people that are working for you are hurting more, Dude, that's making a statement before God Almighty. Don't miss it. That's a terrible plan. Everybody say that's a terrible plan. May we not go after riches so strongly that we're willing to steal or crush from someone else. May we not do that at all. And he says, just be careful. Those riches are crying out. And he says, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. 
The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. They're crying out. They're like, Lord, this is hard. God, which way do we go? Lord, how do we handle this? And as he's talking through, Lord, which way do I go with it? The reality is God is coming in. God is coming next to him. God is taking up shop next to him. God cares. He dwells with them in their hurts. He's crying out with you in the midst of the struggle. Maybe this is where you are right now this week, that these last couple weeks have brought some financial tragedy. Know this, your God cares for you with all he's got. He loves you with all he's got. And he hears your cries. Come before him with all you have. Your God loves you and he's willing to come alongside of you. He says, you have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. Uh, comfort. Everybody just say comfort, right? And you know, we often go after comfort. And uh, I'm just going to say it once again. It's not about our comfort. It's about our king. It's not about our comfort. It's about our king. And it's so easy for us to get so wrapped up in going after the self-indulgence, the luxury. Some of you might be like, dude, I am definitely not living in luxury. That would not be what I call the meal that we have in front of me right now. That would not be what I call the pajamas that I'm currently wearing as I'm watching this, right? Whatever might be going on. Like the reality, luxury and self-indulgence, it's all about, I'm just making it about me right now. I'm not really thinking about anybody else. And I'm definitely not thinking about God and where I could send this. Lord God, I'm longing for me. That's what he's saying, the rich guy's saying here. He's like, you have fattened your heart as in a day of slaughter. You have fattened your heart and uh, remember, he's talking to Jewish people here. And so he's actually talking about this metaphor of sacrifice. He's like, you fattened your heart, like fattening the calf, right? When they went to do a sacrifice, they would end up fattening the calf up. They'd get him all prepped and prepared. That calf would be ready for days. And then they would use that as a sacrifice to lay before God. This fattened calf, riched up, well to go, the stomach fattened up, the, the calf being very healthy. And he's like, you're doing the same with your own heart. You're like fattening up your own heart for a sacrifice unto self. Be careful. Be careful with that. As he uses the term of sacrifice here, he's basically saying, watch out. You're making it too much about you. He said, you have condemned and murdered the righteous person and he does not resist you. He doesn't resist you. In the end, you're being able to challenge them and they're taking it on the cheek. They're turning the other cheek. Be careful with how you manage your riches and your possessions. May God truly get all the glory. You know, it's been awesome to watch this church be faithful in the giving. I know it was a weird switchover, right? When we stopped meeting in the church and all of a sudden you're at home and we're like, hey, we'd love to still have you give of your first fruits. You can give back to your God. There's an online button you can click here. And all of a sudden you're like, no, dude, I like writing checks and putting it in the bag and handing it across. It's a moment of worship and I pray in that moment or whatever might be happening. And so like getting used to what to do next with giving. And I know the last couple of weeks, so many have been going after what it looks like to give online or what it looks like to send a check during the week to the offices and, and just giving faithfully and regularly. So appreciate all that you've been doing about looking to continue your first fruits giving. You guys are awesome and I love your love for the Lord. Just so you know, as you're giving and pouring in, so many times we're like right now, we're locked in our own homes, right? We're asked 
by band to stay at home with our family or our roommates or whatever that might be. And, uh, and so maybe there's not as much opportunity to be able to reach out and care. And just so you know, we as a church have had some sweet privileges to be able to reach out really on behalf of this church. And uh, we had the schools call up and they're like, just so you know, we're going for a couple of weeks extended with uh, being able to have the kids at home. And, but there's a lot of kids that need food. And we're trying to figure that out. Would you be able to help? And so we've been able to do the snack packs, not just for weekends, but weekdays as well. We've been packing up those snacks, getting them ready. And uh, I know we've actually got several photos that we posted on Facebook. And, you know, that, those photos show us legitimately six feet apart, respecting the band, being able to take care of things with blue gloves on, right? Being wise to all of it and then delivering those packs uh, together uh, to the schools there. And just so you know, we delivered up twice as many as what they originally asked for just to be able to continue to pour it on in caring for those kids and those families who are finding it hard to even have food. And you're a part of that in your giving and may we continue to pour it on and care for those around us. Ready? And all of God's people said, amen. So here's a simple question. How are you doing with your treasuring? Are you putting your treasures here on earth? Are you amassing to self? Or are you willing to lay it before your God, worship him with all you've got, and care for those around you? May God get all the glory. All right? That's point number one. Point number two. While in this broken world, patiently wait for the second coming of Jesus Christ. While in this broken world, patiently wait for the second coming. Jesus is coming again, man. Don't miss it. Jesus, God Almighty, he came down to this earth. He was God. He lived perfectly here on this earth. Why? Because he had a plan. Everybody say, God has a plan. Right? He had a plan. And he went to the cross and he died for you and for me. Our sin cost us so gravely. There is absolutely no answer or no excuse. And as we stand before God and we say these words, Lord God, Please count my goodness as being good enough. It doesn't work. We can never ask for our goodness to be good enough. Man, our cry out, our only hope of salvation is, Lord Jesus, please use your death on the cross, your blood and your body, cut and poured out for me. Lord God, please use that and cover what I owe. Please forgive me. And Lord, I would just pray that as we go after this moment, of worshiping you and celebrating you. Lord, may we remember your work on the cross and thank you for all that you do for us. Praise God for that. Jesus Christ, right after that, he ascended into the heavens. He's at the right hand of the Father. That is our King. He has bring us hope through the cross, but he is coming again. Everybody say he's coming. Man, this broken world, I'm telling you, it will not stand to Jesus Christ. He is coming again. He is king of kings. He will be the prince of peace. And he's going to put it all to rest. There will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more heartache, no more sickness, no more coronavirus. It will be done. And all of God's people said, Jesus Christ, man, he is coming again. May we worship him with all we've got. That said... So how should we respond if Jesus is coming again? Here we go. Verse 7. He says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Be patient. 
And in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your heartache, in the midst of a loss of job, in the midst of being in the same home with the same people for a number of days or weeks, in the midst of all of it, be patient. Be patient. Remember what that word means? It means to put the pack on your back and to hold on and to remain under well. May we remain under the load well with a good attitude and a worship on. May God get all the glory. He says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming again. May we all the way until his return be worshiping and praising him. And if we get taken home early, then praise God all the more. We're in heaven in perfection with him right then. But until the coming of the Lord, may we be patient and see that God has a plan. Everybody say, God has a plan. And don't miss it. God has a plan. In the middle of this hurt, in the middle of this unprecedented turmoil worldwide for this generation, may we be patient. It says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. He's like, you want an example of patience? Take a look at the farmer who puts it in the ground, plants the seed, and then you just hold on. And you hang on and you watch what God's going to provide and do. You wait for the early rain, but you also then wait for the later rain. Like, hey, when you get the first rains and it starts coming up and you're getting a little bit of stuff that you actually maybe could go harvest a little bit, the fruit isn't even near ready to be taken and harvested. Hang on. It's not just the early rain. Wait for the later rain. In the middle of our heartache, God is bringing an early rain and a later rain for your life. Please know that. Your God loves you with all he's got. And in the middle of your sufferings and in the middle of the uncertainties, know this. God is going to be bringing an early rain and a later rain. He is transforming our souls. He is bringing a hope. He is shaping us along the path that we might worship God with all we've got. Are you ready to be patient for the early and later rains in your life? Wait like the farmer waits. He actually says, you also be patient like the farmer. Hang on. Hang in there. God knows what he's doing. And, and we may not totally grasp what God's doing in this world right now. And the uncertainty of all that's taking place. Know this. God absolutely does know. None of it caught him off guard. And he will be providing into our lives, little by little along the way, both an early and later rain. Man, just be able to say to your God, maybe say it right now, I'm waiting, Lord. I'm waiting, Lord. Just say it louder and say it bigger. I'm waiting, Lord. May we wait on him in the midst of our suffering. He says, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Dude, it's right around the corner. It's not far away. It's, that's what at hand means. It means it's about ready to happen. And I'm just saying, when this was recorded, it's now been some 2,000 years. It's definitely more at hand now than it was for James. May we continue to live life where we are simply saying these words. Lord God, we long for your coming. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And may we worship him with all we've got. The coming of the Lord 
is at hand. May we long for him to get our glory all the way and recognizing that in this broken world, and let's just admit it, this world is broken. Everybody just say it's broken. And we feel the pain and we feel the struggle. We're going to be wrestling through it. Lord, may I be patient. I'm watching you and I'm looking to you. Can't wait to see you work in this broken world. I love you, Lord. May we go after it like that. You know, these past couple of weeks have kind of caught us all off guard, let's be honest. We didn't really know that any of this was coming. And, uh, you know, there were people who had heard some of it and maybe you kept up with foreign affairs and what was going on in China back in November, December. So you were a little more informed in January, February. But the reality is none of us thought it would wash into central Illinois quite like this. And uh, as we've now been catching up over these couple of weeks, we're now starting to get emails coming in and texts coming in and people saying, I lost my job. I've been put on furlough. Right? I'm, I'm not making any money right now. We're trying to figure out what's next for our family. And people are beginning to move towards a little more austere living, right? A little more careful living in the home, trying to make sense out of that. Some have lost their jobs. Man, please know this. We are praying for you. We are hurting with you. And uh, we would love to even know if you really need some help. Please keep us informed of what's going on in your life. We love you like crazy. And um, we have so many that are in various forms of sickness going through just maybe a little bit less healthy uh, at the moment. Or maybe you've got a little bit more age on you. Praise God. We love you. We love your wisdom. And, but it has, they have told us that that means that it makes you a little more at risk in the moment. And can bring a little bit more fear, Right? Some of these sicknesses can well up within us and, and can really cause us between the sickness and the fear to start feeling it. Have you ever had that happen to you? Where you start reading like what it would feel like to have the coronavirus and all of a sudden you're like, I'm kind of feeling, hey, wait a minute, maybe I have, right? And the sicknesses, whether they're small or big, man, we got them all over in our body going on. And, and uh, praise God, at this point, we still haven't heard of anybody in our church body that has the coronavirus. I know there are some in the body that have friends or family or knowledge of that maybe have gotten it. And we're beginning to hear it washing on our shore more. You know, for those girls in our church body who are pregnant, you're carrying a little one and you're loving and you're so excited about. And at the same time, it does make you a little more vulnerable. We are praying for you. We love you with all we've got. Man, uh, just so you know, the hospitals are saying at this point, not really allowing family to come up. So if the girls are going in to have a child, they may have that child alone or with one other person with them. And uh, please be praying for them in that. Those are hard times. Those are, can be lonely times. Weddings. Well, we had four weddings that we were going to be doing in April here, part of this church. And um, uh, we had to obviously make new plans on all those four weddings. Two of the girls ended up getting married early. They got it done right as the band was getting ready to go. They just moved everything up and changed everything. And two decided to wait and, and um, be praying for those across the nation who are having to put on hold in various ways dreams that they have had for a lifetime. And um, just so you know, both of those are near, very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Uh, my older daughter, Megan, is uh, with child, and we're excited for that. And uh, that does mean she's a little more at risk. We're certainly praying for her health, and so appreciate Mac and Megan and love them. And uh, my younger daughter, Alyssa, uh, supposed to be getting married April 18th. I don't know, man. Just be praying. Here's our prayer, that April 7th, they open it up a little bit, right? And we'll see what happens. 
Just know that there's a lot of heartaches and there's a lot of hurts going on. There's a lot of suffering and there's a lot of struggle. Ready? Be patient. Right where you're at, just taking the deep breath. Be patient. Wait on your Lord with all you've got. He will bring an early rain. He will bring a later rain. He is going to bring some level of reprieve. Lean on your God. Hang on. Your God loves you with all he's got. Right? And number three, number three, worship the judge who is coming. Worship the judge who is coming. He says, do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Don't grumble. Don't get upset with. Don't speak against. Don't start to get your feathers ruffled and you start talking against them in some way. Uh, Don't grumble. I'm just telling you, I think James was fully aware that all of us were going to be locked in the house with a set of people that we would be with who we love dearly and we have to live with now nonstop. And he's saying, just so you know, some 2,000 years from now, don't grumble. (laughs) Hang on. Hang in there. Have a great time together. Come up with the new art craft for your kids to be able to work with and new stories to read and the next video to watch. Learn how to laugh together along the way. And uh, no grumbling No jumping on it. It says that you may not be judged. Obviously, Scripture speaks really clearly. May we not be attacking those around us. Last week's passage, don't speak evil against, right? May we love along the way. And uh, know this, Jesus Christ is the judge. He's the one who came to die on the cross and rise again. He is the one who is coming again to establish peace. And he will ultimately be the judge, both of the living and the dead. May we truly lean on him. He's in charge, right? He says, behold, the judge is standing at the door. This is just another way of saying it's at hand. It's near. It's right around the corner. He's standing at the door like he's knocking, getting ready to come in. Jesus Christ, he is coming again and he's coming soon. I love that hope. May we lean on him and his return with all we've got. And uh, He is coming again. He's at the door. It says, as an example of suffering and patience now. It's like... Maybe you're wrestling with how to handle it. What should it look like for me to wait? Here's an example. He says, as an example of your suffering and your patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider them blessed uh, who remained steadfast. We consider him blessed who remains steadfast. He's like, think about the prophets, man. Think about those guys who stood up like a Jeremiah or whoever who called out against everything going on. There was one guy, almost nobody else following through. He alone was following the Lord. He's like, listen to me, please hear me. And these prophets who maybe even stood completely alone, but they stood steadfastly. No movement. They trusted in their God. They longed for him and they waited for him. God has a plan. No matter what, I'm remaining under with my king. He's like, think of the prophets and how they were blessed as they remained steadfast. And that's exactly how we need to be. In this time, hang on. Remain under well. No biting and attacking. Thanking our God for each moment as we look for the early and the later refreshment from our king. May God get all the glory. Hang on. Like a prophet who waited steadfastly. He says, you, you, 
heard of the steadfastness of Job and you have seen of the purpose of the Lord and how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Man, you heard about Job, right? Remember the story of Job? This is the guy who was very wealthy, right? So just to make it clear again, the beginning of this passage that we looked at, it wasn't about people who have wealth. It's about people who worshiped wealth. And Job was one of those who had a lot of wealth, but he worshiped the Lord his God with all he had. Job was super faithful. He was wealthy along the way. Satan ended up saying, why don't you let me sift Job? And God in his immense sovereignty and knowledge that we can't understand had approvals in that and he walked along with that. Job ended up going through such heartache as he lost so much of the riches that he had, as he lost loved ones, as he had people challenging and attacking, as he had friends who basically said, dude, this is happening because of some sin in your life, as his wife said, just curse God and die. That was Job's life. But Job remained steadfast. Man, may we remain steadfast. May we hang in there. Like Job remaining in the midst of suffering, and holding on. It says that there was a purpose that the Lord had. And obviously we don't necessarily get God's purposes. But that's okay. Ready? Just right where you are. Everybody just say, it's okay. Right? Say it louder. Say it bigger. It's okay that I don't know his purposes. God has a plan. I'm trusting him. It's okay. It says here, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. We can trust him. We can lean on him. Your God loves you with all he's got. You are not alone. Hang on and hang in there. Here's Job's quote. I love this. Job chapter 42, verses 2 and 5. He says to God, I know that you, Yahweh, can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Man, that is standing firm. This is going all sideways. It shouldn't be this bad. My God will not be thwarted. I'm trusting in him. He's doing something in this world. Maybe he's waking people up to him like never before. Tens of millions getting to church last week, breaking the internet. God's doing something. His purposes will not be thwarted. And then he says in verse 5 of Job 42, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now, now my eye sees you. That's Job's quote. I heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now, now my eye sees you. Lord God, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our heartache, Lord, may we see you at work. May our eye be locked on you. May we be in awe of your handiwork. Lord, may you rock our world. We love you and we praise you. May we be called to suffer well. May we be called to worship well. And I love how James ends this in true James fashion. He's like, let's get right back to the point. Let's make sure that our heart's in the right spot. He says, but above all, and just so you know, in the original language, best quote here, it says, but first of all, or but first, like before we get our actions in play, before we get our heart in play, let's make sure we've got our words in play. He's like, but first of all, or above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. 
He's like, please make sure you're careful with your promising of things. Just so you know, the way the Jews used to do it is they'd say, hey, can you help me with this? Yeah, sure. I swear by my cow that I'll do that. I swear by my cow that I'll, I'll be there for you. And then he'd go to the next person and he'd be talking to them and like, hey, could you help me this time? And he's like, well, I just kind of promised somebody else I'd help at that time. And they're like, come on, man, I need your help. And he's like, all right, I'll, I swear to you, I'll be there at that time to help you. I swear by my mother, right? Like better than a cow, I up the ante. And then he'd move on to somebody else and they asked for something. He's like, all right, all right, I will, I'll be there. I swear to God. Have you ever heard that phrase? That's where it comes from. I swear to God, I'll be there. And really, because God's the biggest, now he wins, and now I don't have to do the other things. And it was a way for them to never make good on their word. He's like, will you just let your yes be yes and your no be no? If you say you're going to do it, do it. And if you can't, then just be honest and say you can't. Let your no be no. He's like, let's put this whole thing together. No grumbling, no whining, no complaining. Let's sit under well. Let's hand it over to our God. Let's make sure that what we say we follow through with that our family may be trusting us, that our God can work with us, and that this world can be blessed because we worship him. May we be those who follow through in our worship. And all of God's people said, amen, man. So hear me. Down with just collecting riches to self. May our God get all the glory. And up with remaining under well. May we have patience in the middle of the suffering. May God get all the glory. And in the end, may our worship be on fire. No grumbling, no whining. Let our yes be yes. Let's stand up through it just like Job saying, Lord God, I long not just to hear about it, but now may I see you work. I long to see you work in this world. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Let's pray.